Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. A terrific Tuesday to each of you, and welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily podcast from the Talking Chop Podcast Network, bringing you the latest news when it comes to the Atlanta Braves. Of course, you can find everything from the great content over at Talking Chop at TalkingChop.com, as well as at TalkingChop across all forms of social media. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Obviously, the Braves had an off day yesterday, one that was certainly needed after a very significant stretch of games against some division foes. But now entering into the month of August, a golden opportunity lies in front of the Braves. But for them to take advantage of that, and we'll get into that a bit later in the show, they also need to continue getting some contributions from some expected and unexpected sources. Here's the latest from Atlanta. So we talked about in the month of July how Freddie Freeman obviously was performing at an MVP-type level, but both Dansby Swanson and Austin Riley stepped up to definitely anchor the offense. Among those three players, the Braves had three of the top performing of the 50, of the top 15 performing players in the National League in terms of FWAR for the month of July and overall in the majors they were three of the top 20 in the majors as a whole but it was not just the Braves hitters that were doing well the Braves got some outstanding contributions from many pitchers but three certainly do stand out and that starts with Charlie Morton. Now, I've mentioned before in different writings over at Talking Chop, as well as in previous recordings of the Daily Hammer, I certainly feel that Charlie Morton is a prime extension candidate for this Braves team. Obviously, at the top of that list is Freddie Freeman, but among players who are likely going to be free agents at the end of this season, I certainly think Charlie Morton stands out as a prime candidate for an extension. Number one, he wants to be here, but number two, he's so consistent at what he does. The Braves are 10 and 4 over his last 14 starts. In nine of his last 13 starts, Charlie Morton has completed at least six innings, and he's given up three or less runs in 11 of those last 13 starts. He consistently is putting the Braves in a position to win, and that's exactly what they have needed with some of the inconsistencies and injuries that this pitching staff has dealt with. Every time out, Morton, even though they lost on Sunday, they lost 2-1 to one in a game that Morton did more than enough to give them a chance to win. The offense just couldn't make it happen. But I certainly think the Braves should look to extend Morton um, You know, on a reasonable contract extension. He wants to be here, and he puts them in a position to win almost nearly every single time out, which is such a big boost for this pitching rotation. But it's not just Morton in the rotation who has really stepped up. Kyle Muller, who certainly has stepped up this season in a big spot. You know, the the Braves have gone from Mike, from relying on potentially Mike Soroka to Waskar Yanoa to Tucker Davidson to other pitchers such as Tuki Tassant. 
But Kyle Muller in his rookie season has stepped up and absolutely delivered, and he's delivered in some needed spots, in some big games against the Mets multiple times. Obviously, this past Saturday against the Cy Young candidate, Muller has consistently stepped up and put the Braves in a position to win. He's appeared in seven games and in six starts, over 29 and two-thirds innings. Muller has 13 strikeouts. He's only allowed nine hits and eight earned runs. He's got a 2.99 FIP this year. And the thing about it is this, is that he's doing a great job. He's not walking many players. He's getting plenty of strikeouts. He's shown some very good control, and he has stepped up and in big moments certainly delivered. He has shown with the bulldog mentality that has made many have a high opinion of him as a prospect. He absolutely has shined, and he has stepped up in a big role for this Braves team. We've seen it happen nearly every single season that the Braves have won the division over the past three years. An unexpected rookie, or a rookie coming into a role even if it was expected, and deliver, delivering better than expected results. Kyle Muller is that rookie this year, and he certainly has been a shining spot in the Braves rotation, despite overall this season not necessarily going to plan. And then, of course, if we want to talk about unexpected contributions, one of the biggest over the past month or so has been Jesse Chavez, a reliever who has come in and certainly taken on a needed role as a reliable option for this Braves bullpen. He's been one of the bigger reasons that this Braves bullpen has certainly turned the corner into, surprisingly and kind of quietly, being one of the better bullpens in baseball in the month of July. This season so far in 11 games in relief. Jesse Chavez has a 1.38 ERA with a 1.62 FIP in 13 innings. He has produced 16 strikeouts and only four walks while only allowing five hits. He's consistently throwing strikes. He's showing up in big moments a couple of times during this, the nine games in eight-day stretch against the Mets and Phillies. Chavez absolutely stepped up and got the Braves out of a needed jam for them to either have a chance to win the game or to allow for them to continue on to win the game. He is certainly shown to be a reliable arm in middle relief. So Morton, Muller, and Chavez each, they may not necessarily be the first one or two guys that you think of when it comes to the talent on this Braves staff, but they certainly have added quality depth and have stepped up and have been consistently productive when they were needed as the Braves are trying their best to stay in the NL East division race. And it's going to be critical for all three of them to continue to perform well as this Braves team runs into a needed stretch of winnable games that they're going to have to take advantage of in August. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. So on yesterday's episode of the Daily Hammer, I had talked about the fact that the Braves are really going to need to find 
their offensive ability to handle Southpaws because they're going to be facing three of them in this upcoming series against the Cardinals. Uh, they'll be facing off uh, against John Lester. They'll be facing off against J.A. Happ, as well as Wade LeBronc. All three crafty veteran pitchers at this stage in their careers, but pitchers that the Braves are going to have to fare much better against than they did another similar type of pitcher in Brent Anderson on Sunday. But the Braves certainly can make the most of it, especially if new additions is Adam Duvall or Jorge Soler. If one of those two players can get on a hot streak themselves, they absolutely can be a needed addition to this lineup, especially against left-handed pitching. But the success against the Cardinals is certainly going to be needed. It would certainly be a big boost to the fortunes of this Braves team because, as we know, the Braves, though they haven't really lost a lot of ground, they didn't really make up any ground when they had nine straight opportunities to do that against the Phillies and Mets as they were ending July. But the thing about it is this, is that for the Braves to be able to make up that ground, they've got to take advantages of some soft spot in the schedule that are coming up. Because beyond the Cardinals, look at the series the Braves are going to be playing. After the Cardinals, they had three games against the Nationals, a Nationals team that is now absolutely depleted after a huge fire sale at the trade deadline. Following that, the Braves do play the Reds, who they played earlier this year. The Reds do still have, you know, some small sliver of hope for the postseason. They're going for it. They've been playing baseball as well. But then after that, it's a series against the uh, three games against the Nationals again, three games against the Marlins, three games against the Orioles. Basically, between August 7th, and August 22nd, the only series where the Braves probably are going to be playing a team that's on their level is three games against the Reds. Reds. Beyond that, this Braves team has 12 of their 15 games against teams who just logically are not on their level, especially after these teams have sold off at the trade deadline. That's the type of stretch where the Braves really need to play 700 or better baseball to be able to get into the division race. Following those series, it gets a little tougher for the Braves. They've got game uh, series against the Yankees, the Giants, and the Dodgers. But then in September, starting September 2nd, four games against the Rockies. Following that, three other games against the Nationals. Following that, three games against the Marlins, and then another three-game series against the Rockies. Now, the thing about it is this, is that the Braves may not have, a, their schedule is not significantly weaker than that of the Mets or the Phillies. But the Braves, in my opinion, do have the best talents in terms of clear, healthy talents right now that can make a difference. I don't think that among the Phillies, Mets, and Braves, there's a better hitter than Freddie Freeman right now on any of those three rosters. I think that Charlie Morton is arguably one of the most consistent pitchers, and the Braves' bullpen is right up there performing at the level or better than the Mets' or Phillies' bullpen. So it's not like this Braves' team is on the level. You know, this Braves' team is still significantly less you know, talented, in my opinion, than Braves teams have been during, you know, the 2019-2020 season. But at the end of the day, all they're trying to do is earn a chance at the playoffs. And the schedule does allow for them. There are two, two to two and a half week stretches of this schedule where the Braves are going to basically be playing in a two to two and a half week time span, 12 of their 15 games against teams they should beat. During those two stretches, in the middle of August and in the middle of September, this Braves team has to take advantage of that schedule and make the most of its opportunity. And the big way for it to do that, as we mentioned yesterday, 
is, of course, situational hitting. You're going to get plenty of opportunities against weaker pitching staffs, but if the home run is not there, you've got to take advantage of opportunities when you have runners in scoring position. I think the Braves are going to have plenty of those opportunities in some of these series against weaker teams. It's up to them as to whether or not they're going to take advantage of it. But of course, this series coming up against the Cardinals is going to be a lot of fun. Two of the better first baseman of our generation, and Paul Goldsmith and Freddie Freeman, obviously. You've also got two of the better third basemen in the league this year when it comes to Nolan Arenado and Austin Riley anchoring these lineups. I do think that it's going to be a closely contested series. I think that the Braves should, at least in two or three of the games, have the advantage when it comes to playing the Cardinals. It's just simply straightforward. The Braves have to take advantage of scoring when they have the opportunity because they're going to need to score. But I do think that you can confidently go into this expecting the Braves to win two out of three. And if they can at least get a series win against the Cardinals, that certainly should give them some confidence then going into a stretch against teams that they should beat on a consistent basis. And the Braves could really put together that stretch that they needed to at the end of the day, the way the Braves are going to get back into this race is they've got to do it, and they've got to do it as quickly as possible. They've got to have a 10-game or so stretch where they win seven or eight games. I think that that certainly is something that can be achieved in August, but it's got to start now, and it certainly has to start with hitting left-handed pitching better and hitting better in situations where you have runners in scoring position. It's going to be a lot of fun to see. Hopefully the Braves will continue to get contributions from players like Charlie Morton, Jesse Chavez, and Kyle Muller, and hopefully also we can continue to see Dansby Swanson and Austin Riley continue to support the great play from Freddie Freeman and Ozzie Alsby's as we continue forward in the second half of the season. My name's Sean Coleman. It's been a pleasure talking with you. You again can find the show once again, has been the Daily Hammer, a part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network. You can find the Daily Hammer, the Talking Chop Podcast with wonderful talents Brad Rowland and Scott Coleman, as well as the Road to Atlanta Podcast with Eric Cole, Matt Powers, Garrett Spain, and others, all on the Talking Chop Podcast Network. Make sure to keep an eye out for the Road to Atlanta and at TalkingChop.com as there's plenty of insight being given and great content on the mid-season rankings for the Braves' top 30 prospects. One of the favorite projects that Talking Chop has any year and a great, great job by our minor league staff led by Eric Cole and others. Make sure to check that out and the Road to Atlanta podcast that will be coming out later this week. Don't forget to follow Talking Chop at TalkingChop.com and at Talking Chop across all things social media. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC, and we're going to be with you here all week long recapping the Braves action as well as the latest news from Atlanta. It's been a pleasure. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer.